0: silence that we share here is far more important than the words and the connection that we make both eye to eye soul to soul heart to heart not just one-to-one but globally all of us together is what really counts Because if you have a similar experience to what I find and what others tell me about, these days it's very difficult to make a true, authentic connection with other people. Either people are too busy to do it, or they're too anxious, too stressed out, too afraid that they have nothing to share, too confused, too lost, to be able to have a true sharing at a deep level that enriches one another's life. Too many obstacles. Too many aspects of our life that remain undeveloped and unconscious. And so, this is a place to talk in a way that people rarely talk together in other contexts. That's one of the values of this Institute and community, I would say that's the value that that we that we function as a think tank. Is there a word for think tank in español? I know I'm going to drive my translator crazy tonight. But that's important that we can think out of the box together in new ways about what life is really about and not according to the mainstream uh, modality and ideology. And to the mainstream, at best, all we are is a package uh, consisting of cognition, emotion, and motivation. And that's it. And uh, if you're well adapted to society, you'll be very motivated to pursue your job and make money and you'll keep your emotions at a positive level, and you will think in the way that you're supposed to, that's politically correct, etc. But that's it. It's a very tiny box to live your life in. And we think there's a lot more to life than just those three aspects. Even getting those three to be calibrated to one another is quite an achievement, to live a healthy life within the ego. But is there anything beyond that? Is there an outside to ego consciousness? That's really the question that we want to pursue here. If there's an inside, there must be an outside. And that which is outside the event horizon of consciousness is what traditionally in the past spiritual cultures were referred to as gods. Okay, They weren't mythological constructs. They were constructs that deal with what it is that causes our consciousness to provide the sorts of emotional energies, life energies, inspirations, understandings, uh, capacities to love and to share that we have. Or the absence of those, the inhibition of those capacities. Those were the gods or the devils, the demonic forces. Today they are referred to now as if it was all simply the brain. Today the brain is considered the outside of consciousness. According to the neurobiologists today, none of you are in this room. You're actually inside your brain watching a movie about this room. But we don't connect together, you just connect through what your neurons tell you about what's happening to this room in this room and, but it's only a movie it's not real and so there is no real connection we're in the matrix right? that's why that movie was so popular but is that true? don't we all feel that we actually have an authentic connection with one another that transcends the limits even of the brain and now the most recent discoveries in neurobiology include the understanding of what they call neuroplasticity Which means that the brain can repair itself and it has the capacity to add synapses that didn't exist before and to begin to use certain parts of the brain for other purposes when necessary and uh, to achieve a a greater uh, capacity of whatever sort that is asked for by consciousness. So it's not the case that it's a one-way relationship that the brain creates our subjectivity. It's also the case that our subjectivity creates and recreates our brain. So there's free will even at that level. It's no longer the machine uh, metaphor that used to be part of the ideological belief system of materialism. That's been voided. It's been uh, nullified by the discoveries of neurology itself. The problem with neurology is that it has become cosmetic. It started out as cosmic back in the 60s and it's degraded to being merely cosmetic. You know, there was a time when it was about creating entheogens. It was about discovering God through psychedelic action at the chemical substrate of consciousness. And now it's more about providing uh, supports for ego consciousness right through the the kinds of drugs like Ritalin or Prozac or all the other millions of names. And almost everyone is on them, they're prescribed them these days to deal with life because of the amount of stress there is. But it doesn't open us up and in fact it closes us down in many ways. And so we're using our capacities of, uh, of chemistry and of other psychotechnologies in order to limit and to uh, move into a more controlled consciousness rather than into a more free consciousness. And so this think tank is about freedom. But it's not just to have freedom of having new concepts, it's about using those concepts to open up our heart. So the think tank turns into a thank tank. We want to be here in a state of gratitude for life in a state of inability to love and to feel the energy of love that supports our existence and our reason for being rather than to be in a state of stress and paranoia and lack. But then the ultimate level is to take the thinking and the feeling to the higher stage of action. And that action has to be an action now because of the challenges that we face in the world of transforming The world that we're in, not just the individual self, but the world. And when we recognize that consciousness is trans individual, it's not simply your consciousness and yours and yours, but it is ours. We share in it. And that our consciousness creates the world. Then we realize that we have capacities that go way beyond what we are taught in school for affecting the miraculous for going beyond whatever laws and structures now exist. But to do that we have to find those forces that are currently outside consciousness and bring them in. And the ultimate outside, the absolute other, beyond consciousness, the force that produces those archetypal energies that then produce the ego and its conscious ideation, that has traditionally been called God. It's a scientific concept. It's a a theoretical understanding of the fact that there must be this ultimate reality. And we have certain windows that will give us glimpses into it. But is it possible to open ourselves so much, to push the envelope to such an extent that, that, that that ultimate outside becomes included? And there is no longer a duality of inside and outside. And no longer a boundary between a me and a you. But a true oneness that is experienced consciously and is palpable and is bathed in the fluid of love. That's what we want to create here and it's a very different kind of social organization than the kind that we have today. And part of the reason why we have lost that capacity is that we have lost the organizing principle upon which all social organization used to be based. And the... Sanskrit word for that is dharma. There was a dharma that held things together, a dharma of how one proceeds in life. And if we examine all the different religions of the world, we will discover that they share the same dharma. And that dharma is a dharma of nobility of spirit, and of generosity, and of goodness, and of love, and of wisdom and of growth, of disciplined growth, to higher and higher states of consciousness until we reach that ultimate reality and we are freed from what Radha called those egoic structures that limit our potentiality. So we've been in a process of degradation that actually mirrors the biological process. You know, if you've studied embryonic stem cells, the biologists say they start out in a state of totipotency, and then they uh, reduce to pluripotency, and then multipotency, and then finally monopotency, and then they lose all potency. So in the beginning, it, any, this embryonic cell can become any kind of cell in the body. And then gradually it can become only a few kinds, and then its power is reduced to only one or two, and then finally it gets stuck in a certain groove, and then it has, uh, it has to face death. It has to face the loss of its vitality. But this capacity that it has, that life has at its origin, in its original state, is what, again, the scientists refer to as trans-differentiation. It means that not only can we become different than we are now, but we can change the reality in which that differentness takes place. We can begin to conceive the inconceivable. We can change our understanding of the whole, of reality itself, and what didn't fit in, what was absolutely uh, beyond the pale of reason, can become very clear and potentially actualizable in the world. And we have to open our minds to that if we are going to solve the problems that the world faces today, and be willing to have understandings of reality that far transcend anything you were taught in school. But for this not to be based on illusion and wishful thinking and paranoia and crackpotism, for this to actually work, we have to be connected with the source of being, with sat, with the supreme beingness, rather than with the imaginary level of the ego consciousness that wants a free lunch. Here you can get a free lunch or a free dinner, but usually you can't do that. And so this capacity to change the world requires a disciplined sublimation of the lower egoic tendencies to dissipate our energy and seek instant gratification and a channeling of those energies. This is called making the kundalini energy rise to a point where the light that is dispersed becomes organized into a single beam or ray of light that returns to its origin and opens up the higher centers of the prefrontal lobes and allows in that supreme energy that had been closed off. (coughs) And if we can reach that level, which requires reaching a level of psychological maturity that few people reach in this society today, because we don't have the rites of passage uh, that would invite people into such states and we don't have the role models any longer and we don't have the conceptualizations that open the portals to those levels of consciousness. Uh, We can achieve a synergy. You know, there's a new term also in biology of symbiogenesis and it means that our, uh, our life is a product of the synergies of all the different lives and energies of the whole ecosystem, (coughs) the whole super-system that life really is on many, many levels. But today that system of systems is sick. At every level there are impasses and blockages, whether it's at the level of the individual ego that can no longer function very well, or it's a marital couple that cannot sustain a love relationship, or a family in which the couple is not able to healthfully parent the children, or it's the society itself that cannot offer values and channel the life energies of youth into a, a healthful and creative adulthood, or the international political systems, or any of them, and all of them, uh, that are put together to create the world as we know it today. All of them are at an impasse and in an unhealthy state. And so we have to return to that original capacity for trans-differentiation if we're going to heal the world. But we have to start with our own individual consciousness and use whatever margin of willpower we have to overcome the unconscious censoring mechanisms that keep us from knowing who we are and from activating the latent potential that we all have to achieve what in the old days was called divinity. But really we can look at simply as a scientific term that refers to the ultimate state of psycho-spiritual maturity that human beings are capable of. The expansion of consciousness beyond that of this skin-encapsulated ego, to encompass the entire world as a unity. And if that indeed is our original and natural state, then it means that we have the power to activate that and to live at that level of consciousness. And so we come together in order to support one another's (coughs) Dissolving of the ego boundaries <coughs> so that we can achieve this oneness again and become not a, a bunch of separate alienated organisms but a superorganism that has a single unified consciousness in which we are all connected by synapses of love that transcend any individual brain but we create a cosmic brain together. We are all brain cells in this ultimate cosmic mind. And in that state, the kind of telepathic connections that we have all heard about and probably occasionally achieved with certain specific individuals can become our natural state of being. And rather than living in a stressed-out, fragmented, fractured way with a multiple personality disorder, as most of us have these days, uh, we will be able to live with an integrated, unified consciousness that sees things as they really are and can act with an empowered capacity to bring about transformations in the world that support the growth and enhance the life, the one life that we all participate in, rather than competitively acting to dominate and to uh, try to belittle the other in order to rise beyond the other. Changing that mindset into one of synergy and mutuality and reciprocity will have a huge effect on the entire planetary system And every individual who changes their own governing dharma, their organizing principle of consciousness, and therefore the thoughts that get produced in the mind and the emotions that get produced in the heart, will have an exponential effect on the entire world. You affect everyone within your own cycle of concern, circle of care, you could say, and it goes on until everyone in the world is affected in a positive way by your shift. This has been proven by chaos theory and complexity theory. Science is the main power that backs up the insights of spirituality. They are not opposing paradigms of reality. They are one understanding of reality, whether it's the outside or the inside, but the same forces operate in the psyche, as operate in the social, the biological, and the other realms of reality. But all of those are concepts, and if we stay in those concepts, then we may know a lot and be able to impress people, but we still haven't opened the heart. So the conceptualization that we offer here is only in order to back up and give courage to your willingness then to go beyond the mind and bring the consciousness into the core of your being, where we no longer use words as either defense mechanisms or as smoke screens or as ways of avoiding the reality of who we are, but we enter into the silence of the sacredness of our being. And that's really why we come together, because when we come together paradoxically, we can be in the deepest solitude. We come together in order to support each other's solitude. The solitude that exists at the very core of our being, that actually is the place in which we are all connected. Each of us is, our minds are like a sphere, and our being is like the center of that sphere. And yet the center of each individual sphere is the equivalent of every other center. We are in an omnicentric reality, or a hyperdimensional sphere. That was Thomas Aquinas' definition of God. A hyperdimensional sphere whose center is everywhere and the circumference is nowhere, because it's infinite. Each of us is the center of the universe, and yet each of us has the capacity to recognize that same center in everyone. This in uh, certain schools of Buddhism is referred to as the net of Indra, in which every nodule of the net is a jewel that reflects every other jewel. And so in a way this is the same as the modern holographic paradigm, where each of us is a hologram that contains every other hologram within it. So each of us is the entire universe in microcosm. And when we can get into that realization, then there's no longer a difference. There are no longer barriers, there's no longer any space for enmity. And there's no longer even a need for bridges between us because there are no separations and therefore no need for words. And that state of meditation then that we want to get to is the state in which we reach that center that is the common center of all of us. It is the Self, it's not my Self or yourself, it is the Self. And we discover when the mind is silent and the, the Self is realized that the Self is nothing, it's not an object, you can't grasp it, you can't objectify it in any way. It's not an it, but it is the underlying basis and space in which the universe appears. And so by coming together, what happens is that we can synergize the energy field <coughs> to a far greater level of power, of vibrational resonance than you can do if you meditate alone. We can reach that state that is absolute and therefore no longer relational and which we've called a state of solitude because it is a state of non-duality. There are no others in that state. But it's not a state of isolation or of solipsism in which an individual ego is isolated and alienated from others, but it's a state in which the ego dissolves into this all-embracing reality that we all are. So are you willing and interested in reaching this ultimate state of consciousness? If we do it together, then the energy that will resonate from us will be felt by everyone else, and it will bounce back in an augmented exponentiated way so that we'll create an energy field here that will be a blessing because it will be transmitted non-locally to the whole planet and if it's done as a blessing of love then those energies will be drunk up by those who need love in the world it will be offered as a great gift because that's why we are really here in the world is to be a gift to one another And the energies that we put out as a gift of love will be returned in the form of blessings and a shift in the trajectory of our own destiny. But to do that we must let go of our own concern with our own destiny and become what again in Buddhism is referred to as the bodhisattva, it's the Buddhahood of one who refuses Buddhahood in order to make sure everyone else has achieved Buddhahood. This is also known in the Advaita tradition as jivan mukta, or to be liberated in life while alive from the ego that normally is the operating system of the organism so that the cosmic mind that is in the Buddhahood state is operating the body. And then all actions are effortless and selfless and egoless and accurate karma, karma yoga, in order to be of service to the other. And in that state there is the greatest bliss possible.